Hello, and welcome to Mayo Talks, a podcast produced by Mayo Clinic. This week, we're excited to share with you a talk from the Selected Topics in Internal Medicine Conference held in Kauai, Hawaii. Today's talk is Topical Steroids, How to Choose, by Dr. Mark Davis. Dr. Davis is a professor of dermatology at Mayo Clinic. How many people here have to prescribe topical corticosteroids? Show of hands, that's nearly everybody. And how many people feel a little bit uncomfortable about choosing what to, what to prescribe? Some people here. So I'm hoping to um, help you um, choose what topical corticosteroids to use. And specifically, what potency topical corticosteroids you should use when you're going to prescribe it for a condition to decide what vehicle you're going to use it for um, different clinical situations, and also to just mention what quantity should be prescribed. I have no disclosures except to say that I am from Ireland. And I am going to disclose some top secret information which may put us dermatologists out of business. This is confidential for your eyes only. Please do not share this outside this room. I am not on steroids, but thanks for asking. <laughs> But this is top secret information. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. So we're going to go through these different things. And the aim of this talk is really to provide a practical guide to the use of topical steroids and other, some other topical immunosuppressive treatments and um, medications. And these are derived from cases I've shared with you and situations I commonly get questions about as a dermatologist. So my specific... Um, objectives is that you will, when you leave this room, remember the names of three corticosteroid creams or preparations that you can use in your practice. I want you to remember a low-potency topical steroid, a mid-potency topical steroid, and a high-potency topical corticosteroid, because that's the best way of remembering what to prescribe. And then I want you to also to, to know when you can use some other topical immunosuppressive medications if you don't want to use topical steroids, and that's to mention tacrolimus and pimacrolimus, and then also to know um, which vehicles are suitable for different clinical situations and to know how much to prescribe. So I'm going to talk a little bit about topical steroids in general to give you some tips, and then we'll go through some patient situations that we're, where we all see commonly. Of course, we all know with a summary of dermatology, if it's wet, dry it, and if it's dry, wet it. And furthermore, if they're off steroids, put them on them. And if they're on steroids, take them off them. Does anybody know who these people are? These are doctors Kendall and Hench. And they were, this is a picture of them working at Mayo Clinic. And they were awarded the Nobel Prize for the discovery of corticosteroids in 1950. This is the only Nobel Prize that has been awarded to um, people working at Mayo Clinic so far. But their um, contribution in discovering um, systemic corticosteroids was a momentous um, development in medicine. And um, this is their first um, description here, um, describing the use of the corticosteroids in the use of, uh, for rheumatoid arthritis. We're not really sure how exactly corticosteroids work. Um, they're a complicated structure, um, but they seem to um, work at a molecular level, and there's lots, of, uh, there's lots of theories about how exactly they work, but it seems to be in multiple ways that we don't quite understand. But they are very effective for suppressing inflammation. 
Topical corticosteroids started to be used shortly after the description, the description of systemic corticosteroids in, in around the 1950s. And basically, topical corticosteroids have become the mainstay of treatment for all inflammatory skin disease since then. So dermatitis is kind of the prototype of inflammation of the skin. And interestingly, topical corticosteroids from the beginning started to be classified according to their vasoconstrictor ability. So that is that you apply corticosteroids to the skin and see how much vasoconstriction would occur. And, and funnily enough, that correlates with how powerful they are. And why exactly that is, we don't, we're not entirely sure. But we do know that, as you all know, on the market are literally tens, if not hundreds, of topical corticosteroids that you could choose from. And this, where it is, is where it becomes quite confusing for us all. So as regards a rule of thumb, which one should I use, the way I think about it is that you have to choose one low-potency topical steroid, one mid-potency steroid, and one high-potency steroid that you need to get just comfortable with using. And the, way, and the ones that um, we use generally in our department are for the low-potency, that's just hydrocortisone 1%. Now, hydrocortisone 1% is wonderful because it's, first of all, you don't, uh, patients don't need a prescription to buy it. They can just walk into the store and buy it without a prescription, and it's very cheap. Um, and um, that's our, we actually use that, uh, prescribe that a lot. Our, our workhorse mid-potency topical steroid is triamcinolone, 0.1%. Um, and that comes in various different preparations. Patients need a prescription for this, but it's really cheap. In many of the stores, it's on what they call the $10 list. So you can give them a fairly good quantity of triamcinolone, and um, it's maybe $10 for the patients. So that's never really a problem um, to prescribe, and patients really appreciate that. The high-potency topical steroids, I would say that you should remember that we use most commonly in our department would be clobetazole and fluosinonide. Now, the high-potency topical steroids, they're the ones which are problematic. And why are they problematic? Well, first of all, um, they are extraordinarily expensive. These are two, um, the high-potency topical steroids are drugs that the drug companies have got their hands on and, like, sent up the price by 10 times. Um, so, for instance, clobetazole used to cost um, about $70 for 80 grams, and now it costs, in, the, in just in the last couple of years, $700 for, for 80 grams. So this is um, really problematic, and it's the same with um, all the other high-potency topical steroids that we prescribe. So just be aware that when you prescribe a high-potency topical steroid for your patient, they may come back and yell at you for prescribing those, and worse, they may not fill the prescription even if it's not covered by their drug company, and the drug companies vary about whether they will cover these ones. But our workhorse drugs really are these low-potency and mid-potency topical steroids, and in some circumstances we use these high-potency if the drug companies will cover them. Just to mention that that applies to adults, but in kids we tend to just stick with the low- and mid-potency topical steroids. We do generally do not use the high-potency ones. So where do we lo use low-potency topical steroids? Well, basically, face and body foes. That's what you have to remember areas of thin skin. So you can use low-potency hydrocortisone 1% to the face, and that includes the eyelids. I often get asked, can we use it to the eyelids? And yes, you can. Um, the body folds where there's thin skin, and there's overlapping skin like the axillae, the groin, the perianal area. These are areas that we use the low-potency 
hydrocortisone cre or hydrocortisone and in various in, in various vehicles. Mid mid potency topical steroids we can use basically everywhere else. Okay. Um, what we say to patients if they have um, rash from the neck down, we say you can use it anywhere except for the body folds that we just mentioned. You know, that's the axillae, the groin area, the perianal area, but basically um, um, they can use it anywhere on their skin. They can be used indefinitely um, until the dermatosis is under control and then they should stop using them. So um, often concerns are raised about them having side effects, this, this um, mid-potency topical steroid, but it's extremely rare that we see any side effects with the mid-potency mid topical steroids. I tell patients not to worry about um, skin atrophy. It's actually very rare with the mid-potency or low-potency topical steroids. It is a problem with the higher-potency higher ones. And then these high-potency expensive, now expensive topical steroids, the, the ones that I would ask you to remember would be either clobetazole or fluosinonide. Uh, we use them in specific situations. One is in areas of thick skin. Where do you have thick skin on your body? Well, on the scalp is thick, so you want to use the high-potency steroids on the scalp. The hands and sometimes the feet are other areas that we use them to. We also use it for thick inflammatory dermatoses like psoriasis or prurigo nodularis. That's where patients get really thick areas of chronic dermatitis. So you can use them there for brief periods of time. And then for very severe um, inflammatory dermatoses, and the, the, the obvious um, example here is poison ivy dermatitis. And then we use it for a couple of other unusual situations like alopecia areata. Um, again, with, um, in these latter situations, like for these in, in severe inflammatory dermatoses, we only use them for up to about three weeks. Now, what vehicle should we use? We can use ointments, creams, lotions, solutions, gels, foams, or sprays. Let me just talk about each one of these very quickly. Basically, most of these preparations are basically oil and water, right? So with um, ointments, that's mostly oil. With creams, that's mostly oil and water, about equal. With lotions, that's mostly water, um, so um, more, more uh, and solution is actually just water with some topical steroid dissolved in it. Foams are basically pockets of gas in a liquid. Um, a spray is something that has um, the, um, that it, it liquid that's blown through the air in, in the form of tiny drops. And then gels are basically like jelly um, that, you, um, that, that can be applied to the skin. So the way I think about it is that you can use ointments or creams or lotions anywhere. But obviously, lotions are going to kind of run all over the place because they're more watery. So we tend to use ointments and creams on the body. Um, if you want to use to the, something for the scalp, I would use solutions or foams or sprays. The foams are a new preparation of topical steroid that are actually wonderful for the scalp um, because you can rub them into the scalp and they don't disturb your hair, the hairstyle. So particularly for people who don't want to have their, who get, only get their hair um, done once a week or something like that, you can use these foams and they don't mess up the hairstyle. So patients tend to really like those. The problem with them is that the foams are new on the market and therefore they're more expensive than the other preparations. Um, guys tend to not mind using solutions um, on the scalp, so they're usually cheaper and so are the sprays. Um, for the mucous membranes, we tend to use the gels, especially on lesions in the mouth. 
Just to know that and the vehicle affects potency, so generally ointments tend to be stronger than creams, which tend to be stronger than lotions, and ointments tend to be more soothing. Um, how much to apply? Well, just, just um, one thing that I, I often see is somebody coming in with a rash all over their skin, and they say, oh, you're prescribing triamcinolone for me. Um, I've tried that already, and it doesn't work, and I just run out of the jar, and then it, it doesn't seem to work. And then I ask them, um, how much did you get? Well, they only got like 15 grams for their entire body. But um, if, you, if you look at this chart, you'll see that you actually need 38 grams for every application. So one clue is here that you really should make sure to give a patient enough topical steroid. So I would say give them plenty if you're going to prescribe it. So even for limited areas of the skin, if you're going to prescribe a topical steroid, give them 60 to 80 grams. If they have lots of patches, give them 120 to 240 grams. That's about, you know, 240 is about half a pound. And if they've got a full body rash, give them a pound jar, which is 484 grams. So just give them enough and don't prescribe 15 gram tubes or even 30 gram tubes. Give them 80 if you're going to prescribe anything. And um, one question I was asked um, after this talk previously was how long should a topical steroid be used? And I would say until the dermatosis is under control. But you don't tell a patient to use it indefinitely after the, the rash is gone. Possible side effects. I actually think that often the side effects of topical steroids are overblown, with the exception of high-potency topical steroids. But we can see skin atrophy rarely with the mid or low potency, but fairly frequently for long use of the high-potency topical steroids. We can see telangiectasias, skin bruising, some fragility, ecchymoses, and once in a blue moon, we actually see an allergic contact dermatitis to the topical steroid, believe it or not. But that's fairly rare. Systemic um, side effects are extraordinarily rare. I, I, I could count on one hand the number of times I've seen somebody um, with um, systemic complications from topical corticosteroids, but it, it is more common with a high-potency topical steroid. So let's look at a few case scenarios. So for each, uh, um, with all that in mind, for each of the following situations, you can write down your treatment prescription, or you can um, indicate what, what you would um, advice for each of these patients. I want you to pick from a low potency, mid potency, or high potency for each of these situations, and to tell me what vehicle you would prescribe for each of these situations, and then also um, how much you would give the patient on your prescription. So let's hit what, this one out of the park. This is the ancient um, um, game of hurling from Ireland here, just to show you. So this is a very common situation. Somebody has a rash like this. Which steroid would you use? So let's go different levels. This is high, this is medium, this is low. So the audience, would you use high? How many would use high, medium, low? All right, so I would use it most, the majority said medium, I would agree. So I would prescribe triamcinolone for this patient. Um, what vehicle would you use? A cream, I'm hearing mostly. I would use either a cream or an ointment. A lot of patients say that the ointments are kind of a bit sticky, so most patients tend to prefer creams. So I would give this patient triamcinolone mid-potency cream, 0.1%, um, and how much would you give this patient? It's, it's fairly widespread, so I'd give them at least 80 grams, probably 120 grams, with a few renewals in case they need to, um, to renew it and that will take care of this rash. What would you use for this situation? High, how many for high? Mid, 
low. So most people voted for medium, so I would again give triamcin alone. I'd give 0.1% that mid-potency topical steroid. I'd give them about 120 grams with a few refills, um, and um, I would use, use a cream or an ointment. If it's very, very itchy, I would give them an ointment, especially if they don't mind the sticky sensation on their skin, but most patients prefer the creams. For this patient, how many people would prescribe high-potency topical steroid, medium, low. So most people say low. So the low one is over-the-counter hydrocortisone cream. Tell them to put it on once or twice a day to all of these areas and this rash will clear up. This is probably a, a bad seborrheic dermatitis here. Um, but doing that, and I'd give them make 80 grams um, to 120 grams with a couple of renewals. So for this patient with a hand dermatitis, um, what potency topical steroid would you use? How, how many for high? Most, medium, low. So I, um, I, would, I would agree with the audience. I would use um, a high-potency topical steroid, either clobetazole or fluosinonide. I would um, use a cream or an ointment, and I would give them about 120 grams. Now, one thing with hand dermatitis, many of the experts in this area would say that ointments are a little bit more effective because they're more occlusive um, for the hands. But again, some patients don't like the sticky sensation with that. So you have to weigh those up. And sometimes I discuss it with the patient. Sometimes a patient will, will agree to using the ointment at night, but then um, for the cream during the day. And, just, and they only put it on about twice, twice a day maximum. There's no point in the patients putting them on any more often than that. For this patient, what would you give them? Would you give them a high, a many for high, low, most people, and medium? So most people would give the low-potency topical steroid. I would agree with that. I would usually use a cream, and I'd give them 80 to 120 grams. For this patient, you might give a couple of different ones. Um, so for the face, we'd give maybe a low-potency topical steroid. Um, for the neck, um, maybe a mid-potency topical steroid. For this patient, what would you use? Would you use high, how many for high, how many for medium? How many for low? So I agree with the audience. I would use a medium potency topical steroid. I would use triamcin alone, 0.1%, and usually I'd use a cream. And I'd give the, this patient at least um, 120 grams, probably 240 grams, which is about half a pound um, so to use. For this one, I'd give them a mid-potency topical corticosteroid. And I, um, because it's involving the ear there, um, but you could make an argument for the, the low potency too. For this patient, which steroid would you use? Would you use a high, how many for high potency? Yes, exactly. I would go for high potency here. Um, which vehicle would you use? Would we use a, how many for an ointment? The ointment is going to make their ha hair stand on end, okay? A cream would do the same. A solution might rub nicely into the scalp here. So um, this patient, we might use a solution, but that's very watery. And um, if he was concerned about, um, about that, you would consider some of the other preparations. So the other thing is a spray or a foam. I think a foam would be really nice for this patient. Again, the problem with foams is they're, they're on patent right now. They'll come over off patent in a couple of years, and they be much less expensive. But again, we're talking in the order of five or $600 for an 80 gram or 100 gram um, tube um, for, for the foam at the moment. But 
Ideally, a foam would be great here for this gentleman with bad seborrheic dermatitis of the scalp. For the foot, what would you use? High? How many for high? Most of the audience. Medium? Most people went for the high potency. So I would agree. I would prescribe a high potency here, either clobetazole or fluosinonide. I would give about 120 grams with a few renewals, and I would generally use an ointment or a cream to this area. So this patient, what does this patient have? This is a nasty acute dermatitis, right? And certainly in the setting of Minnesota, we would strongly suspect poison ivy dermatitis, right? So poison ivy dermatitis, if this is localized, we could probably get away with treating this with topical steroids, but you really want to use a high-potency topical steroid in this situation, okay? So I would use, for, uh, I'd prescribe something like clobetazole or fluosinonide, either the ointment or the cream, um, usually the ointment for this, and I'd give them um, a couple of renewals, but I'd tell them to use it for up to, you know, until the rash is gone, so usually three to four weeks. If the poison ivy dermatitis is very widespread, we want to give them oral prednisone. Um, and one, one um, clinical tip here is that when you prescribe the prednisone for these types of situations, you should pre the, the allergic contact dermatitis is going to go on for three to four weeks. So you really want to give them a sustained high dose of prednisone if you're going to use it for three to four weeks. The biggest mistake is giving them a 10-day dose. Then they stop the 10-day dose and the dermatitis just comes roaring back. Um, so that's one clinical tip with poison ivy dermatitis. But if it's localized, we can get away with using clobetazole or fluosinonide here, giving them about 120 grams, put it on twice a day, and that should take care of this rash. So this kid, which steroid would you use for this um, kid? How many for high potency? Nobody, that's great. So we're, how many for mid potency? Um, some of the audience and many for low potency. Yeah, absolutely. I would go for, either, actually, to be honest, in this situation, on the extremities, you could use a mid-potency, but most of the time you can get away with a low-potency topical steroid here. So I would use hydrocortisone, 1% cream, twice a day to the skin of this kid, and that'll clear this kid up. Um, which vehicle would you use? Generally, a cream or an ointment, and how much? we probably give this kid 120 or, or to 200 grams. Just make sure you give enough. Again, you don't, don't be issuing the prescription for that 15 or 30 gram tube because that's not going to be enough. Um, just uh, I one of the reasons I present this case is that while you can use the low potency topical corticosteroid and it, with no side effects um, in kids, I mean, kids are remarkably resilient to topical corticosteroids, and really we don't hardly ever see side effects from, um, from, from these in kids. A lot of parents would like an alternative to the topical corticosteroids, and some that have come on the market in the last couple of years include topical tacrolimus ointment and topical pimacrolimus ointment, uh, cream. And these are basically not corticosteroids, but they're immunosuppressive, other class of immunosuppressives. And they can be applied twice a day. They're about equivalent to low to mid-potency topical steroids. So their potency is about low to mid-potency. But they're much more expensive than the topical steroids. And one could argue they're no safer, really, than the, than the low-potency topical steroids. So for this kid, what, what steroid would you prescribe? How many for high-potency? Mid-potency, low-potency, most of the audience. Which vehicle would you use? A cream? How many for cream? 
about half an anointment, about another half of the audience. I think you could go for either, but I would use hydrocortisone, 1% cream, and I'd give this kid, for the, if it's only involving the face, maybe 80 grams um, to use once or twice a day, and um, that'll settle this kid down. And similarly with this kid. With, with respect to those calcineurin inhibitors, that's a tacrolimus and pimacrolimus, you can use it them instead of topical steroids in adults and kids under, over two years old. Um, they're especially used for dermatitis involving the face and intertriginous areas. The good thing about those ones is um, that they, there's no cases reported of skin atrophy associated with those. Um, and so if parents are really worried about that, then um, you could consider using the tacrolimus or pimacrolimus. They can also be used um, in other settings for other inflammatory disorders of the skin besides dermatitis, such as lichen planus or lichen sclerosis eratroficus. And again, they're about equivalent to low to mid-potency topical steroids. There is a black box warning um, associated with the calcineurin inhibitors, and that is that with it oral or IV tacrolimus, there is a theoretical risk of lymphoma, um, although it's never been proven in any uh, human studies that there's increased risk of lymphoma. So um, I just want to talk about a few other case scenarios here. So for this patient, which steroid would you use? How many for high, M mid, low? So most of the audience, yes, I would use hydrocortisone 1%. And this dermatitis is called perlèche. It's most often due to overlapping of the upper lip on the lower lip. And sometimes the clue, uh, one thing to remember here is that with, with this one, it's not only irritation of the skin and a dermatitis, but Candidiasis likes to live in this warm, moist area. So along with the hydrocortisone here, I would prescribe a topical antifungal. The, mo the one I use most commonly is ketoconazole. So I would give this, pa this patient hydrocortisone 1% cream, maybe 80 grams. Um, or this might be a situation you could give less, maybe 30 grams. But I'd also give them an antifungal, like 2% ketoconazole to apply. And they put on one after the other. If you tell the pharmacist to mix it up, they can certainly mix it, but then the price to the patient goes way flying up. So I just prescribe them separately and tell them to apply one after the other. And similarly, that happens in young people and old people. So I would use um, a similar prescription here. What would you use in this situation where a patient has a rash under the breasts here? Which steroid, how many for high potency, mid potency, low potency? So most of the audience went for low potency, and I would agree here. So I would use hydrocortisone cream to this area. But again, and this is intertrigo, the skin on these overlapping areas rubs, especially with sweating, and there's, it sets up a dermatitis. But in that nice, warm environment, candida th thrives. And so I would also prescribe a topical antifungal to go with this. So for this intertrigo, I would prescribe for this patient hydrocortisone 1%, and I'd give them 120 grams, usually a cream, and I'd get them to apply that. And then I would also give them a prescription for ketoconazole 2%, about the same quantity, and tell them to apply that afterwards until the rash is gone. When the rash is gone, I tell them to stop using the creams and completely and to switch to using a drying powder in that area so that um, overlapping skin that's sweating um, doesn't become dermatitic from the irritation again. And again, this is intertrigo in the groin area. Similar idea there. You give them a low-potency topical steroid with a topical antifungal. This is a patient who had um, a rash after their 
procedure with an excision here. And um, this patient actually had been diagnosed as a cellulitis, and we were asked to see this patient. But when we came to see the patient, it was a dermatitis. So instead of the IV antibiotics that the patient was getting, we gave them triamcinolone 0.1% cream, and that cleared up their rash, just a case we saw relatively recently. All right, now here's a challenging situation. What are these? Nasty canker sores, okay. Um, so one thing that works really well for this is topical corticosteroids, believe it or not. So how many people would prescribe high-potency topical steroids here? How many for mid? And how many for low? That's mo um, most of the audience voted for low, but I would disagree with you there. Um, we actually use high-potency topical corticosteroids here. In the mouth is remarkably resilient to topical steroids, and high-potency topical steroids works quite well for canker sores, especially if you get them early. And often patients will tell you that when they're going to get a canker sore, they kind of get a tingling in the area where they're going to get it, and we tell them, reach for the high-potency topical steroid at that point and put it on um, to the area that's tingling. And sometimes they can even abort the onset of a canker sore with that technique. So I would tell this patient to use high-potency topical steroids. I would give them 80 grams to 120 grams of clobetazole or fluosinonide, and I would use, what preparation would you use? The cream there? Gel, exactly. So I would use a gel. The gels work best here. They're more occlusive, and um, I, so that the patient doesn't get it on their fingers, I tell them to use a gloved fingertip or a Q-tip to apply it and the patients are very compliant with that. Now, when you've got a canker sore and you're using high-potency topical steroids in the mouth, what likes to live there? Candidiasis again. So I give them a topical antifungal as well. So that what you use in the mouth is oral nystatin, swish and spit. So that's basically a topical antifungal for the mouth. And I tell them to use that twice a day, or usually twice a day, when they're using the topical steroid just so that you don't get thrush on top of everything else in the mouth. So this works really well for canker sores. And similarly, for these canker sores, I would use a high-potency topical steroid gel, 80 to 120 grams, applied twice a day, um, and use nystatin as well. And this is, for, this is similar. That, this is um, actually oral lichen planus, and we treat that similarly. For a patient with very widespread disease like this, What's, what would you use here? How many for high potency? How many for mid potency? How many for low potency? So I would agree with the majority here. I would use a mid potency topical steroid. This patient is a very widespread dermatitis, and I would say that this patient should get a, um, a full pound jar of that triamcinolone cream and put it on twice a day. And um, for the face, I would use hydrocortisone 1% cream. Sometimes we use wet dressings as well, and this depicts um, a patient in wet dressings in our hospital. Believe it or not, this takes away their itch overnight. So a patient comes in with 10 out of 10 itching, and the itching is basically gone by the next morning. If they want to do it at home, we just tell them to use PJs, wet PJs over it. So a patient will go, this patient went from having this incredibly itchy rash all over to be looking like this within, this is um, a picture 12 hours after she came into the hospital for that treatment. Um, so wet dressings in conjunction with topical steroids work. And this is another patient that came in one day um, um, into our hospital. We did wet dressings over the mid-potency topical steroids, and this is the way he looked um, a day and a half later. 
similarly here. And we put our kids in these wet dressings as well when they have a very widespread rash. And simply put for wet dressings, we use wet PJs over the mid-potency topical steroids or low-potency topical steroids. And they, they put on, you put on the creams, get them to put on the wet PJs while keeping them warm enough, and then they, um, or they can put on dry ones and then get them wet um, by, putting, by showering or something like that, and you make sure they keep warm, and they really do very nicely. So we get a kid like this that comes in, wrap them up in wet dressings, and this is the way the kid looked the next day. So, looking very happy. So the overall message here is thank goodness for topical steroids, and now that I've told you all our dermatology secrets, and you say, well, what should you do if the topical steroids don't work? I say that, my dear, must be kept a secret, and now au revoir. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to Mayo Talks by Mayo Clinic. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please subscribe and share with a colleague. You can find the video of today's featured podcast along with presentations from other Mayo Clinic medical conferences at mayotalks.com. Check us out. That's mayotalks.com. Mayo Talks is a copyrighted program from Mayo Clinic.